On this week's Bet the Process podcast, Rufus tells me all about the night that he was America's bride, Bet Bash. Everyone loved him. Everyone wanted to be have a piece of Rufus. We do a big t-shirt review, and we talk a lot about uh, the Calcutta, the NFL Calcutta, and hopefully get some ideas from you guys on it. Um, what else did we talk about, Rufus? We, we talk about I don't think else. we did a t-shirt review. I know, that was a joke. Oh, I always okay. like to tease things that really didn't happen. And so with that, let's start the process. Bet, 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 bet the process. Bet, 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 bet the process. Welcome to the podcast, bet the process. It's not that typical cookie cutter nonsense. If you came just for pics, you're in the wrong place. Find a talent with the narrative to make a strong case. Instead of blindly assuming a team must be tanking, we're looking for the edge of Massey Peabody rankings. Crunching all the numbers in a simulated system that break down the data analytically driven. Media coverage of sports gambling is pathetic. Welcome to the latest episode of the Bet the Process podcast, where we will be reviewing t-shirt ideas, critiquing the current leader in the clubhouse, talking a little bit about the most dramatic networking event that the sports betting world has ever seen, Bet Bash. And I'll probably insult Rufus a bunch because that's what people say I do a lot. So I, I feel badly if I really insult you. I mean, you, you know I kid. It's like you're my little brother, right? Really? No, I'm kidding. Are you upset? No, no. A lot. It was funny at Bet Bash actually. How people were like, you know, are you and Jeff actually close friends or not? Or I what actually, did you tell them? Jeff, <laughs> I'll say this. I'll say this. The the ratio of people that actually really like you to it, you know, is much higher than tw- you might think via Twitter. <laughs> um. Well, what did you tell people when they asked if I really, whether I, whether we really liked each other or whether we're really good friends? No, I said we were. Interesting. I mean, I did, sorry, I don't have a good comeback. No, I mean, obviously we're good friends and obviously like we have a relationship that is, um, I mean, I'm a lot older than you, right? And so theoretically there is like a, like little brother, big brother. Father-son relationship, dad. Father, son. My son keeps asking me, like telling me that James keeps telling me that he's going to be sad when I'm dead. So it's it's tough to think about. And I think it's because he watched this uh, animated show on Netflix called Vivo, where the kid, where the, where the, the, one of the main protagonists dies. And he's just like, today we were driving back from swim lessons. And he said to me, when you die, do you stop moving and can you not speak? And I was like, yeah. And he goes, oh, well, I'm going to miss you when you're dead. And I was like, well, that's good. But hopefully that's not happening for a while. So you're going to miss the moving and speak. He's going to miss the fact that you move and speak. That's that's your value to him. Uh, maybe um, someone asked me on Twitter and we'll, we'll bring this back to sports betting about do I sweat games and how do I handle like balance of family with sports betting and I actually think that's like a you know like you normally are the one doing the sort of zen answering of questions about the the psyche and ethos of sports betting um but I do think it's a really it is if you sweat games um like I do I mean you know I sweat games a lot more than you do that uh I mean I definitely think the habit of being on your phone around your kids is is a really terrible habit so I try not to sweat games when I'm around my kids. Um, 
but I don't know. It's, it is, it is tough. Like at some point, I think when my kids get even more aware than they are, which, which they're getting to be, I do think I need to f- either figure out a way to not sweat games or maybe not bet anymore or something, because I do spend too much time watch- watching my phone and, you know, refreshing and hoping for uh, a good fate, hoping for Tony Finau to come back against the Rombo, John Rom. Although Rom wasn't even a factor at the end of that thing. No, he really wasn't. He, uh, uh, that, that Cameron, that Cameron, uh, what's his Cameron Smith or Cameron, Cameron Smith, right? Yeah, that Cameron Smith, like slice reload in one motion was maybe my favorite on the, did you see on the playoff hole or were you no longer paying attention? No, I, I, I didn't, I had, I was involved. I had some stuff. You basically hit the ball OB. I I never, I didn't watch any of it, but. In one motion, basically sliced the ball and reached for the next ball from his caddy because he had hit another ball. He knew it was was OB. Yeah. I I was actually, no, Jeff, I did watch like, I, I saw maybe like holes 15, 16, 17, like, or, or like, Cause I had just gotten in, checked into a hotel and um, Rom missing that putt was well, so Cameron Smith missed his par putt on, I believe it was 15. And then like he, he underread it, like broke more. And then Rom missed his par putt. He, cause Rom overread it. Like, and it was like, based on the Cam Smith read. And then, and then Rom chunks that or not chunks, but that chip on 16, the drivable par four was like, just came out of nowhere. You remember, did you see that? Yeah, I mean, then, then Rom went back to like Rombo Bombo, like you know where he. Uh, well, where I mean, eighteen was a disaster. The got the best of him after that. I mean, you could tell, you know, you know, you know, he's fiery, and like back earlier in his career, he could self destruct at times, and he kind of at that point, you could see clearly, like mentally, he was done. I feel like he's still human, which is like the the moral of the story, right? He was playing, it, it you know, like. I'm sure you feel like watch seeing that situation where he was what three ahead or something like that going into the back nine. And just, it just seemed, or with like, I don't know, 11 or 12 holes to go. It just seemed infeasible or infeasible. Inconceivable. Inconceivable. I don't think that word means what you think think it means. Inconceivable that he would actually blow that, but he did. Um, yeah, he was above seventy percent at one point, I think, win probability. Uh, Finau's putt on eighteen was a really clutch putt to, to, you know, to par that. Well, because when he missed that, when he missed the approach, hit it in the bunker, like it was mm-hmm. like, oh, Finau's doing, you know, what he does always when he's in a pressure situation, and yeah, I mean, but that shot wasn't like that bad a shot, really. I mean, it was like he was maybe a, a little bit too aggressive, right? In that situation, you're a shot clear. I guess I don't know if he knew can't like Smith. He wasn't. Maybe. I think he probably well. But at that point, like, look, it's a t- like you just. I know you're in the middle of the fairway, but the he last was throwing, you, he was throwing darts though, dude. You need to make sure you're not bogeying. He was throwing darts though. I mean, right, he, okay, if he's throwing darts, that's a pretty big miss. That's my point. And he short sided himself a little bit. I mean, it was a tough pin placement, right? Yeah. So if you're going after that pin, I, I wouldn't. I would say he was a little bit too aggressive. Yeah, I, I don't terrible. know if he's going after the pin or not, but um, I mean, we'll have to ask him. I will text Gipper Finau and ask him, and maybe we can get an answer. Yeah. Uh, name drop Gipper Finau, who's the reason that I bet on Tony last week, so he won me some money. Can we figure out who you bet this week so I know who to bet right now? I know who I bet this week. I, I asked our our buddy, my Calcutta partner, I asked him like who he liked. 
And he kind of likes the same people all the time. And you know who I almost – so I bet the guys that he told me to bet, which are guys like Weiss, Munoz, Weiss? DeChambeau. Oh, Aaron Wise. Yeah, Wise, DeChambeau, uh, Munoz. Um, I don't want to give all of his picks, this guys away, but, like, you know, a bunch of guys that he thought, thought were value. DeChambeau didn't really have any value, but he had, I think he had probably hammered him down or something like that. And – then I was like, and I always like to do just one rogue bet. And that Fina last time was the rogue bet. You know who I almost rogue bet was this time? Sam yeah. Burns. I was actually like, almost took Sam Burns. I know he's not going to, he won't win, right? He's eight under right now. I bet he doesn't win, but it was just funny. It would be funny to have the leader right now on my rogue bet after my Tony Fina rogue bet one. He, so, so your guy isn't on ROM? Uh, no, he's not on ROM. It wasn't on ROM last week either. And I actually, because I had that Finau bet, I took some ROM at plus 125 going into Sunday. Because mm-hmm. I figured that was relative value. Because I figured you didn't actually bet him going into Sunday because you had enough on there. So that probably that was like the, right. the, the sort, of, sort of opening line and probably had some value. Yes or no? No, you're right. You're right. Yeah. It's, yeah. I'll say this, ROM, ROM this year, like... There was the, the, you know, when I was hanging out with you in Vegas, he would, you know, he had the COVID yeah. withdrawal from the memorial. And, and then this week, I mean, that total, that's a swing of more than a quarter million for me. So that's, that's a, yeah. But can we but talk Rama, about, Rama still talk- made me money overall this year. So I have no, I mean, well, I do have complaints, but it's like, it's, I've been, I've been on a stretch. I've been on a really, really, I don't like bad, Sunday stretch in terms of leaders blowing leads like English in the back Sunday back nine, I should say English with the two double bogeys on the par threes that he hit in the water. Uh, like what that was three weeks ago and he loses Henley blows the two, what two stroke, three stroke lead on the back nine um, loses. And then this one, and then two weeks before that, like JT Poston. Well, that was a, that one was like the one, where the, the the ball that was out of bounds, they had to get the tape to measure to make. No, but I remember I remember you basically tweeting out something like, "Hey, as long as Poston holds on, I should be fine for this weekend." Oh, and then oh, right, right, no, oh, it was the British Open week, and I got slammed yeah. at the British Open. I was like, "Well, I can make some of that back. It won't be that bad if Poston wins." It wasn't like, I mean, it was a pre-tournament position, but like you know, with hey, the, so it was the Bear or Barbasol or whatever. What the Barbasol? There wasn't, um, you know, not as much volume there, but. If I, um, if I get you, so the Vegas weekend that I'm thinking of targeting right now is that September 25th weekend. I assume you're going to be in Vegas then. I, I can be, I can, okay. I'm, I'm, I'm homeless. I can be anywhere. Stay tuned. That may be when we do it. And I may get us on Friday to shadow. That, oh. That's the kind of goal. My buddy, one of my buddies that works, uh, my buddy, Will Funk, uh, he and I are orchestrating this. And I already mentioned that you're playing to under an eight handicap. So he's, he's pretty excited about it. I shot. So yeah, I, I, this morning I shot a 92 and hit one out of 18 greens after like, I've been playing so well. And I feel like I've hit my saturation point where I need to like take a week off and then I'll come back and maybe be okay again. But yeah, I was telling you I'm playing Olympic club tomorrow, the, the lake course, which is where they play the U S open. Um, where web one. Uh, yeah. 
Probably. I don't remember. I, I never knew that there was a lake course versus a, I don't know. I just knew it was the lake. Ocean. It's there's three courses there. There's lake, ocean, and cliffs. And cliffs is a par three. It's beautiful par three. Ocean is like the one that it's like the, I mean, it's a nice course, but it's the basic bitch course. And then lake is the ultimate U.S. Open course, but it's incredibly hard and long. So we'll see. But again, my, my, the, the strongest parts of my, the strongest part of my game right now is off the tee. So, so I think, I think the length may not bother me quite as much as the rest of the course, meaning the, the greens supposedly are incredibly fast. Um, I, I would probably, I'm curious about what I would set my over under for my score tomorrow. Maybe I probably set it at like a hundred. What's your and, handicap? And what tees? 20, 20. Yeah. So, what do you so yeah, I mean, I guess it's pretty easy to set the over under. You just plug it in there. Let's plug it in right now. Well, huh? the thing is, it's not going to give you an over under because your handicap's not determined by all your rounds. It's determined by, I think it's like top eight or 10 out of 20 of your last 20. So right. So you're saying that it should be theoretically under, it should be over, the over yeah. under should be over what my handicap shows up for um, Olympic Club. Yeah, exactly. My handicap, I haven't, um, it hasn't updated for, this is not updated for this, my bad round today. My handicap is 7.6, my index. My average strokes over par, it says is 13.8. Although I don't know what time frame that is, but. I'm assuming we're going to play the Blues tomorrow. Jeff, today breaks my, a streak of one, two, three, four. Ooh. I'd had f- or five straight rounds where I played to a adjusted, where, where my adjusted, score was less than t- not less than a 10 my handicap goes to a 27 you have a- okay that's your course oh, hold on i'm gonna i'm curious about the guys that i'm playing with or at least one of them to look up um what his handicap is okay anyways so how was how was bet bash tell me a little bit about bet bash um it was it was it was a lot of fun it's, it's, um so describe to me so this is in new jersey it is. It was, it was kind of like the twilight zone, Jeff. It was, I, I don't think you would have been able to handle it. Like, or, I mean, you're a bigger celebrity than me though, but I was, I've never felt like I was in a place where everybody, like everybody knew me and it was, it was weird. It was, it was That's fun. kind of like how it is. It's Sloan for me a little bit, right? That's the only place in the world. Sloan and uh, Spearman Rhino, those are the only two places that that <laughs> happens. But like this, this is going to sound weird, but, but I feel like like 10 years ago, I, the, the, te- or even five, the five years ago, me would have like loved this like that, but it was, and it was fun meeting new people, but it was almost like it was my birthday or something. And, you know, people kept coming up to talk to me. And so I wasn't actually able to really have that many like deeper conversations, like real conversations. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. I mean, who was, who was the best new person you met? The best mute person? new new i don't think anybody was mute new new the best new person um well you know i I don't want to single out one person that wouldn't be nice to everybody else um one of the guys the guy that's hosting for the first i'll tell you who i met for the first time this weekend i played golf with him um and i played golf with him the day before actually but i had never met chris fargis before and he's like an awesome guy yeah, he's a really nice guy. Yeah, I'm. I'm. I'm officially submitting. Wait, you you actually introduced me to him and told me to like do a call with him, and you never met him before. We never met in person. Yeah, we we've we've talked a lot, but we've never met in person. Interesting. 
Um, can I tell you one of the guys I'm playing with tomorrow is a three seven, the guy that's hosting me at, at Olympic Club. So he's gonna give me a lot of strokes. Just throwing that out there. Um, okay, so you met far, you met far Gis, I think is his name, right? That's how you pronounce it. Right? Fargus, Fargis, Fargis. Fargis. Right? I think everybody calls him Fargus, but it's far actually Fargis. So he was um originally like a uh ran some of the sports books at, at uh at at DraftKings, right? That's his claim to fame. Yeah, well, he was a professional poker player before that, and then I think he was the head of sportsbook for for DraftKings. And he, he also, also did first, particularly poorly in one of I, our Calcutta's. I got to know, like, my first introduction to Chris Fargus was when he, he, I got a phone call from him. This is like summer of, this is is it 2018 or tw- no, it was 2019, basically saying because I'd gone up and bet some golf, I'd literally gone up and and lost you know, put in $32,000 in action on some golf tournament and lost 24,000 of it. And, and I get a call from him basically saying he wanted to tell me in person that he was cutting my limits. Um, <laughs> and it was, it was, but he was like nice about it. He explained, you know, why, you know, and, and that I, you know, it was, I mean, it was, we, and then we talked about the industry for like a half hour or more. And, and what did he cut your limits to where he was coming from? I think he, he didn't like, it wasn't that's, it was like, I'm just, like it was like half or something like that. It wasn't, it wasn't like down to $10 or something, you know. Did he explain to you why he was doing it? Like what was his reasoning? Um, I, it was honestly, very straightforward reasoning, but well, I mean, but it's, it's, you know, I mean, largely reasoning that, I mean, they're a retail book. They, you know, I mean, I, I don't know. No, no, no. I, I like, listen, I'm not asking you what his real reasons were, I'm asking you what he said to you, because ultimately, and I'll, I'll explain to you why in a second, okay. but I'm curious how he framed it to you and what he said. He was pretty authentic. Like we had a, a authentic conversation about it. Like, I just remember being like, this guy's like, I just liked that he was- right, Rufus, but what did he say? He said, I'm cutting your limits because I don't like you because you have a dog's name. What did he uh, say? Something like that. What did he really say? I don't remember, man. It was like two years ago. Okay, I remember when I've gotten blacked backed off from blackjack, and that was my point. Like when I, I remember Jeff. I remember getting blacked off from blackjack too, uh, and people and you. I, I played dumb or something, and the guy. I remember I, I said why, and some guy once said to me, "You you understand the cards, or you're an educated better. You know you, yeah." No, I mean, so the reason I ask is because because often they don't. It, what's that? They never say card. You're a card counter. At least well, they, they don't understand. give you. So they, the, they don't want to give you a specific reason, probably for liability or something, right? Well, that again, this is like why I'm asking you this question, Rufus. I'm not. I'm not asking you because I'm like trying to test your memory or lack thereof. I'm curious about how Chris Fargis said this to you, because in my experience with the blackjack stuff, they come up to you and you know they they I've heard things like we think that dealing to you is unprofitable. I've heard like. Um, you know, it, 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 we don't think it's it's a good business decision, like or something like that. Yeah. I've heard, I've heard, um, I've heard that one too. Uh, and then it's funny because they'll say things like that, and they'll be like, "Well, can I still play slots?" And they'll be like, it, "That one confuses them so much that it's kind of just like trying to throw them off their game." Uh-huh. Can I still play slots? Um, anyway, more than happy for you to play slots. Back when oh, yeah. out and living in Vegas and counting cards a little bit on the side with my spreading from like $5 to 50 or whatever. 
eventually it became more like, you know, 50 to like 400. But, but back then I remember, you know, when I got backed off, I remember being told like, you can play, you can play any other games, just not blackjack. Yeah. That's the funny thing they say. And it's like, Oh yeah. So, so slots is okay then. And they're like, uh, I, I guess so. And then what about, have you ever asked about bingo? I've asked about uh, casino war because ultimately there is a very big winning strategy to be casino war. Is there really? No. no, there is like, there are obscure games that have been created over time that have been beatable. Like there was this game at Foxwoods for a long time called Hickok or Wild Bill Hickok or something like that. Kramer Hickok. They had, they had created this whole, some of the guys from the MIT team, like some of the advantage players that you know that go to that that ski trip, they were part of the ones that had devote, dev, de, like devised this like, uh, you know, system to beat this obscure game. But I guess the EV was like relatively low and you had to have a lot of people to do it. So it was like the actual amount of money you were making wasn't wasn't particularly good. Um, so can we go back to Bet Basham? I am actually yeah, legitimately yeah. curious about what it was like. You know, I um, remember kind of going on social media last night, having a teeny bit of FOMO about like what was going on there. So you were a celebrity. Everyone came up to you and they were like, are you the Rufus Peabody or are you well, a Rufus fair, Peabody? To be fair, I like if I didn't, we had name tags. So if I didn't have a name tag, I think maybe like it probably wouldn't, I would have been, been a little more anonymous. Anonymous or synonymous? Or uh, pseudo, pseudonymous. <laughs> I don't even have a picture anymore on my, in, you know, on any of my Twitter stuff. So. Um, so, so people came up to you and it people, was, how long, how long was, was the, Jeff, Jeff, I have to say, I'm going to have to revise our number estimate of number of listeners because there were more than seven people that claimed to be one of the seven. So I, I was like, didn't I already meet you? Like, um, did you put yeah, on it's a synonymous, it's the seven, seven synonymous, like synonymous, asynchronous, synchronous. I don't know. I, I just it's think that there's only seven. I think that like on any given episode, I've looked at the analytics, we have seven listens. So I've never seen more oh, than seven. I've never seen less. So I don't think they've all, all these guys have listened to the same episodes. That's a good. Point. So it might be seven times the amount of episodes we've done. We've probably done a hundred episodes at this point, maybe more, probably more. We've probably done 200 episodes. Way more than a hundred. If you think about, we've done it for four years. Uh, like we've we done it for more than four, I think more than four years, right? No, we're on season five, but the fifth year, we started in August of 2017 because I was about to go on remote year. I remember wow. the first episode we recorded, I was in like a house in Rehoboth Beach for a fantasy football draft, 2017. But I, we've done, let's say, you know, there's 52 weeks in a year. Let's maybe we do average of maybe like what? How'd you get to the 52? Year, something like, even if it's, I mean, I think we're probably like maybe 140s. Anyways. Uh, okay, so you show up at this thing. There's more than seven listeners that have come up to you. And like, what's the scene? It's on the roof. You guys are all drinking. Yeah. Uh, assumedly, like, who, who of our friends was there? Like, I mean, I don't know if Captain Jack would consider me a friend, but I like Captain Jack. Was he, he was there? So he was there. Who else was there? Was Rockzola? Did he come down from Canada? Rib, Rib, McRib made appearance. No way. He really came down from Canada. Yeah, he was there. I didn't even get a chance to really talk to him and ask how he was able to escape Canada, but. Um, we all get to get or, or, or to I need to play golf with him at some point. Yeah, uh, for sure. So I I literally didn't get a chance to talk to him. I said hi, and that was about it because 
it was yeah there was basically like oh i met i'll tell you who i met for the first time who's an awesome human being too um like like amazing human being like alfonso alfonso straffen twitter he's, he's like he's a super nice guy have you met him too yeah he's just yeah. such a nice genuine like i mean the a-listers i'm i'm everyone wants to meet the a-listers with this unlike you they they can wait until meet you yeah awkward silence i'm like no. I, don't know I met alfonso at uh i'm slow vegas last year at a conference it was uh around one of the big gambling conferences i forget which one it was and yes he's super super nice his his name tag said costa rica stories what his name tag said fonz also which i liked he's not even in the industry though anymore right he took another job yeah yeah I mean, but he's, he follows the business side of it so much. I feel like there's, he'll get back into it. I'll say this, you know, I feel like people like Captain Jack and, and Alfonso, like they know, I mean, know so much more about the business, the, the business of it than I do. And guys like Farges, of course, you know, I, I feel like I, I, yeah, I feel like I'm just trying to soak up information from, from them. But I also do think it's funny. I think that when you go to something like this, I mean, you realize that the people that are, that have the most to say are the ones that claim to know the least. Wait, the ones that have the most to say claim to know the least. Yeah. I mean, the whole, the more, you know, the more you realize you don't know. Right. I mean, there's just a lot of, there are a lot of people that are incredibly humble and, and you're, you know, Oh, got it. Yeah, no, I mean, I think, and I mean, genuinely that way, like, well, who, I, I mean, who did you meet? Who did so you met? You met Farges, but you'd already met. I mean, you already knew him. Is there someone, Alfonso? It sounds like you met Alfonso Stratton, who was a offshore bookmaker for a while, and is is relatively, he's revered as being just one of the best smart people in the business. Um, anyone else? See, now you're putting me on the spot. I'm like trying to literally think through my night. Um, awkward no i no i i had some i had some like i actually had some really cool com really conversations i really enjoyed um especially later on in the night Wait, where where was this this was in it was in jersey city it was okay. like right by the path train um and so let's see yeah it was on this sort of covered rooftop was there, did, was there an after party to bet bash there the after party was in the bar downstairs got it and so, yeah, I was anyone sweating games. Was there any good like sweating going on? I watched the Orioles end their 18 game losing streak. Actually, that yeah. was that was incredible. And then today they won by like 12 runs or something. Apparently the Orioles were like what, like a four to one or five to one underdog when they broke that losing streak. I don't think that's true. I had the Orioles yesterday, but I also had the under in that game. So. So you know, you know how I'm relying on that for that information. I was uh, I was listening to the um, the golf tournament on satellite radio while I was driving. They were not. A, oh, you're making a joke that they were four to one. They're, there's they were not plus four hundred in that game. Like on on the PGA. Like is okay. So the the golf tournament this week's in Baltimore. I was listening to the PGA Tour broadcast on Sirius XM, and they were talking about how you know the Orioles, you know, winning is a five to one underdog or something like that. And I was like, damn. No, they were plus. At least from what I can see, they were plus one eighty-five. What? Wait, they were they had they were up against Otani. Um, they had. I'm literally looking at this right now on our friend Brian Mead's 
sports action app. And unless this is wrong, it says that the line was plus eight, 185. Yeah, you're right. So apparently don't listen to PGA Tour Radio for knowledge of baseball betting lines. Okay, Rufus, you bet baseball. There was a time where you originated betting baseball. Yeah. When is the last time you saw a plus 400 Never. Line? That's why. I, right. That's why I'm saying this is astonishing because the Orioles have been so for, bad. Especially for a home team. They were a home team. I okay? didn't even remember. If they against, were an, against a against an angels team that is probably barely 500 if they are 500 i think see, see these are things i haven't really been watching a lot of baseball this year i have to i literally just look I, at my phone and try I to pretend there's 60 the angels are 63 and 65 okay i i was wrong i i got bad information let's move on from there um i'd love to talk a little bit about nfl calcutta and we can kind of go through so the results of our, of our, um, we asked people or poll people last week um, in terms of like what we would, should do and how, what, what like the, the actual podcast should be like going forward. I don't know if you got any people DMing you or anything like that. I had people talking to me in person about it at Bet Bash. I had a lot of people so talking about the podcast. What, what was the general consensus? Not that I actually expect you to remember anything they told you, but like what, what, what was your takeaway from it? No, I think the takeaway, I mean, maybe there's probably a selection bias here, but, but the people that talked to me about it were said that they, they, they like, they like the personality we have and, and the dynamics and they like, like the, the fact that we're not just talking about sports and we're, I don't know, like the banter and they, I mean, basically they liked the show. (laughs) I mean, this was, no one came up to you and you're like, I, they're like, I'm a, avid listener but i hate your show um exactly no, I mean, the, but the, yeah the actual um feedback i got was similar it was it was basically like they like the sort of unscripted nature of what we do they they like the discussions on analytics i think there are you know there are moments when you are really on a run on a roll like last week when you were talking about sort of like the modeling, dynamic and uncertainty, simulating and dynamic uncertainty. Yeah, you interrupted me and eventually I got back to it though. No, you got to it and you did a good job explaining it. I think actually you've explained it a bunch of times on the show. So I think you finally landed it, which was good. Um, but no, no, no. I, I, I personally need to do a better job getting out of your way when you are actually on a roll of something like that. But it's, it's hard to, it's hard sometimes yeah. to add to, distinguish when you're on a roll and when you're just about to go through a, you know, rabbit hole, a rat hole, rabbit hole, something. Rabbit hole. hole. Go down a rabbit hole. When you're about to go down a hole of some sort. Um, One that I can't get out of. So I think we're going to keep being us. I think we're going to not, we're going to probably shy away from giving picks. Um, If you want picks, you can actually uh, listen to me on the Tony Kornheiser show on Friday mornings. That's usually when I give picks if they, if they're, if they have me back this year, I'm assuming they will, but maybe they won't. Um, and, uh, you know what we should do, Rufus? And find, well, according to our intro music, you, can, you need to find a tout with the narrative. To make what we got to do is come out to DC and play golf with Tony. Yes. 100%. Let's do it. Supposedly he, wait, wait, all wait, he cares wait, about is my brother that. too, because my brother is like, well, more well-known on the Tony Kornheiser shit than I am with his like you bring your brother everywhere. I was talking to my buddy. You know, I'm literally talking. Well, you, you, do you know the whole, the, the stuff with him yes. and the Tony Kornheiser yeah. show? I just I find it, I think it'd be funny. Yes. Yes. So 
And my brother I was talking to my buddy about setting up our Vegas trip, your your um our bet the process, meet Rufus Peabody, win a trip to Vegas, meet Rufus Peabody trip. I think we should just meet tell Jeff people, I think we should just tell, tell people, people to come out. Yeah. Yeah. And just have just, them come. We're not exclusive people. Like no, we're not. The most not. The, 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 the most people that might show up, like you know, maybe three of the seven will come. I don't know. I mean, do you think our seven listeners have the actual means to fly to Vegas last minute? No, Ooh, not if they've been following Massey Peabody picks the last. Not week. if they've been following any of our picks or any of our information. Not if they've been okay. on Rom the last. Well, if they bet on him last week. Enough navel gazing. Uh, let's actually talk a little bit about. I'd love to talk a little bit about the NFL Calcutta. Um, and I think we should talk through what we want the rules to be. So we're doing a regular season NFL Calcutta. And I'm going to pull up um, one of the best products that my company makes, something called Microsoft Excel, because um, I'm a company Microsoft man. Microsoft Excel for startups. No, my company makes Excel, dude. I work for Microsoft, so yeah. I may not be Microsoft on the team. Microsoft Excel for startups, right? Is there a different version for startups? Um, no? I mean, we probably give out free copies of it. Do you use Excel versus like my versus like Google Sheets? I use Google Sheets. I mean, but it's just to essentially display information. Okay, so let's talk about what we want to do for this. I'm gonna I'm gonna putting this in Excel. So there's eight division winners these days, right? Because there's eight divisions. Yeah, I mean, technically the NFC East has to have a winner, so yes. I see what you did there. So division winners should get what like. How much do you want to give away for a division winner? I think that's pretty big, right? That's what, the other thing with that though is that's something there's a market for that. So it's easy to pretty easy to look that up and price it with the market. I I tend like I think things that are harder to price. Well, you can price it with you can also price it with the the NFL simulator on unabated. There you go. So all right, let's say two. Let's say two and a half percent to all the the winners. So yeah. that's equal eight. So that's eight percent there. Right? 20%. Yeah. See what you did there. You did the math. Did math. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I don't even know where the asterisk is on this puppy. Uh, okay. There we go. So that's roughly 20%, roughly. And then there are four wild cards. Is that right? There are, yeah. Wait, one, two, three, four. No, no, there's seven, there's seven playoff teams in each conference oh is there three wild cards now six wild cards is they they're still doing that oh i i assume they are was it a one-year thing because of covid i have no idea all right we'll say no no they definitely are i of course i know this we'll say half a percent for that times six are you making me doubt half a percent times professional betters professional betters okay wait that's i am so that's another three percent. That's not that much. Okay, but are should we, we do more than that for the wild card? I, I don't know. Let's see. okay. So basically, let's see where let's see where we land. So okay, basically, playoff stuff is is twenty three percent there. Are we going to have a special incentive for the number one seed or something like that? Okay, we'll do. Hold on, we'll do worst record. You could you could do you could have the division winners. It could be like based on seeding, like the number one seed in the conference gets X percent. Well, let, let's just let's just. Play, let's play this out, right? Let's try to make it relatively simple. So yeah, worst yeah. record, let's say worst record gets 5% of the pot. In each conference? Well, no, just overall. Just worst record overall. 
the worst team overall gets 5% of the pot. Okay. I, I, like, I like how aggressive that is. So you, yeah, want, you, kind you of. do not want a team that's aggressively mediocre. You need, you need a. Right. The worst record overall. Okay. We can do worst record in each. Do you want to do worst record in each um, conference instead? Um, and just make it like 3%, 3%. Sure. Sure. I think that's better because yeah. it's more payoff. And right. It, well, and also you have more teams involved, you know, later in the season, probably more teams alive late. Let's do, let's do each of those as two and a half percent. So that totals up to 5%. Okay. So we're at, we've, we've given away 28% so far. Excel is really, it's a really great, I don't know if you've used it. It's a really great thing. I can like do formulas. E-X-C-E-L. Ah. Okay. And then, then we can do some fun ones, right? Let's do highest score in any game. So, oh, oh for that team. Yeah. yeah. The, the, the team that scores the, the most points. Points in a game. Yep. So we'll give that 1%, I mean, yeah. 2%, 2%. I think, should we, should we try to balance it out with a, um, maybe yeah. like anybody team that has a shutout that shuts out their opponent, all those, we, we divide up a certain amount. Well, we, we give a certain percent to that's divided equally among all instances of the team. No, why don't, why don't we do most, most, most points allowed? Most I mean, I know it'll probably happen in the same game, but like, I mean, that it has to happen, right? Like, so it has to, it has to be the same thing. But at least, or well, actually, let's do uh, biggest. Let's that's, do, that's saying bad defense. We're saying good offense, bad defense. We also no, Rufus. Let's do offense. Let's do highest score in one game, two percent, and then let's do biggest loss, biggest deficit in any game is two percent. Okay, that's gonna be harder to find. Biggest deficit. Mm -hmm. We're gonna like. What watch us like literally have the 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 Jets is like the highest value you know the highest value team here just given. Well, you're gonna have that anyways because that's what your model does. I don't like the Jets this year. I don't think. Now, so of course they're gonna be good. Watch. Is that how that works? Uh, well, you know, I just I'm gonna be more positive. <laughs> don't be more positive. I, I everyone, likes you, everyone likes you when you're negative. You, the crazy thing about Excel is it's so feature rich that it's impossible to know how to do anything unless you've been using this your whole life. Okay, there we go. So what are we at right now for total? Don't know. Does Excel allow you to calculate that? There's. I'm looking at the sum formula. I think that might be right. I had to look at like how to do it and what the, you know, what the... I had to like do that whole thing where I looked at the question mark and okay. So we're at 32% right now of the pot. What are some other fun things that we should do? Um, both good and bad. Hmm. Should, I mean, are we, well, I mean, we should do something for best record. Best. Are we, so we're not going to like, we're not making it like a win is worth X number of points or something. 
Ooh, what yeah. about teams? What about ties? Um, the thing that I don't like about those kind of things is they the things that like may not happen, and then we have to figure out like where that like goes to if it doesn't happen. Do you know what I mean? That's the only reason I don't yeah, like. Yeah, no, that's a good point. Um, we we definitely want to do a bonus for number one seed in each conference, right? So let's give that another two and a half percent. Okay. So the number one seeds. So they get a buy, right? And so like, so like really that's, that's some, some goodness. Can we have, do we want to have any sort of statistical incentives like the team with the leagues leading rusher or something like that? Sure. I mean, we could do that. The, yeah. Like I, I, we want stuff that's interesting, but I don't think we want stuff that's too much of a crapshoot either. Like we want, right? Team with like leading rusher. We could do leading receiver as well, or leading, you know, most, yeah, most pass yards, most receiving yards. Team with leading rusher. Let's do two and a half percent. So we might need. Okay, that's a lot. Well, we're not. We haven't done anything really less. Well, let's. Okay, fine. We do two percent. We haven't done anything less than two percent so far. Well, right. It's essentially, we're picking the categories right now. We can, we can. Yeah, I guess we can tweak the numbers. Um, team with leading rusher. Then we should do team with most turnovers. Like, wait, they force the most, or they turn it over the most? They turned over. Sorry. They turned it over the most. Okay, so the team with Jameis Winston. You mean Taysom Hill? Uh, let's say that's another two percent. Although I kind of like that to be more. But we are we are adjusting numbers later. Um, how about team with most special team touchdowns? Team with most defensive touchdowns. Defensive slash special teams touchdowns. Oh, let's just do defense. Just defensive touchdowns. So I no, guess no, so. If why don't we? If someone recovers a kickoff, a fumble, and runs it in the end zone, is that special teams or defense? Not special teams. Let's just do straight it's not, defense. It's not a special teams play, right? If it's a field goal play, a punt play, a kickoff play, it's a special teams. I don't know. That's a good question. No, it is. It is special teams. It's okay. So let's yeah. do just defensive. Do special teams play like like you have a. Let's do both. You have a kicking and a receiving team, not an offense and defense. Team with most special team touchdowns. What if there's you? It's it's theoretically possible you get no special teams touchdowns in the season. Not a lot of teams run out kickoff. I'll, I'll take I'll take the no. I'll take the yes on that. Yeah. It. What do you think the odds are of none? There's, I mean. There's what maybe like 0.07 a game. I'd have to look at my prop stuff here. Times what 200 and there's not. Yeah, I couldn't even figure out the push percentage for water polo. So let's just let's yeah just okay yeah. Poisson distribution don't, with the mean of don't 18. ask me to do math. Poisson with a mean of 18. I think we're gonna be yeah. Very yeah. It would be crazy if there was a season with no special team such. How about a team with most missed field goals? Does that not feel like a crapshoot though? I don't know, but it's totally a crapshoot though. I mean, of course, but but how many crapshoot things do we want? 
If we have too many, it's just enough, enough to make it interesting. Yeah. And uh, I mean, I think more things where like someone could pr- try to price it, but like maybe, but there isn't necessarily a market on it, but there are differences. Like I like the interceptions thing for that reason, you know, there's no real market on that player with the most interceptions or, you know, team with the most turnovers, but you, you there's certainly, you're going to be different expectations for different teams. Yeah. Whereas kickoff return, like special teams, touchdowns. I mean, I guess you could look at which teams like take more touchbacks and stuff like that. But, um, but I think that's going to be mo- like in, in who is the punt returner, but still that's, mo- that's good. That regresses so hard to the mean. I love teams with most defensive touchdowns. I don't know if we should do both defense and a special teams category, but make it like 1%, 1% or like, or yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Uh, team with most missed field goals. I love just as an arbitrary random one. So yeah, that don't ha- isn't it? Which team is it that always like struggles with? Their- How about this? How about this? Isn't it the Bucks that always have the kickers that like end up missing a lot? Ruf, Rufus, I'm here. Team with most attempted onside kicks. I like it. That's kind of awesome. If only Les Miles was uh, the coach. And then we got to do team with most attempt. Team with most fourth team with most. Fourth, quarter, fourth down, fourth down conversions or fourth down attempts. We need something with like basically to be like analytics. See, like team, yeah, yeah, team with most fourth down, team with most fourth down conversions. That's an interesting one too because you have like smart teams are going to go for it more, but also bad teams are going to go for it more because they're going to be in situations where they're desperate. Um, I always find that interesting, like when modeling fourth down stuff for props, like the different, you know, you have the fourth downs due to desperation and then also, and then it's, it's, and then do Rufus, I got a good one team with team with first coach fired. Ooh, what if no coach is fired during the season? I mean, that's pretty, and then it will, then it'll have to roll in. Then, it then really- we could, yeah, then we could just, we could just add that into worst, worst, worst record. So it would end up being a bonus for worst record. So when do end of the year awards come out? Like, do we want to have anything based on that? Um, I mean, they come out like the same week of the Super Bowl, I think. Okay, so we don't want to do that because this is regular season. Plus, So are we going to do anything for the playoffs or are we going to do a completely separate one for the playoffs? I think we do a separate one that allows people to reset. So everything here should be regular season based. Okay. Yes, I like that. Um, do we want something for like longest winning streak or I don't know anything with, I don't really think about winning streaks in football. Do you No, I mean, if a team goes, I mean, if a team has won or lost a lot of games in a row, like if it's the Browns, I'm like, yeah, when they've lost 15 in a row or whatever. We could do, let's do worst record in the playoffs. I like that. Worst record and wait we're not doing the playoffs for this i know worst record of the teams in the playoffs oh okay so basically that's going to be all the nfc east teams right that are going to be yeah that it'll give them some value i like it should we do that in each division you mean it's in each conference yeah sure 
Okay. Do you want anything with like sacks or? Oh, two point conversions. Um, big, we can do, oh, we can do. Wait, wait. What about the biggest comeback? Oh, that is good. The most, you know, yeah. Teamed up the biggest comeback in honor of your Patriots. And what was and we can do? We can do biggest upset by spread. Yeah. That's going to be a hard one, though, to, to, to track. Are you, are you, you're going to have to do the tracking of that. I'm sure someone will. Yeah. And what, well, then we, what if there's two games that close plus 14 or something and one's 14 minus 108 and it depends on the book you're looking at. Yeah. Let's, maybe, let's, maybe let's not do that. I don't think it's yeah. with the squeeze there. Team to have biggest comeback. That one's relatively easy. That means down by the most amount of points and then still one. Yep. I, I like that I'm defining what a comeback is in case anyone didn't know. Um, does, it count if you, does it count if you come back to tie the game? And I think like, this is pretty good. I mean, we have – Like, like what, if, have, what if a so, game ends up – ends in a tie and the one team is down 28? Doesn't count, right? No, they got to win. They didn't lose, but um, they, they half won. They get, they, they get, hey, here's, how about this? They come back and tie it. They get credit for half the number of points they came back from. It probably won't be the highest, though. So just stop it. I like that, though. Anytime you can make something more complicated, it sounds like you need to do it. That's, that's like, your, that's like your credo in life. Well, and then, and then in business, I like building niche products. Yes. Um, okay. So, I'll read these back and like see if anything jumps out of you. Division winners, there's eight of them. Wild card, there's six of them. Worst record in each conference, there's two of them. Highest score in a game, there's one. Biggest loss, biggest loss differential, there's one. Number one seed in each conference, two. Team with the leading rusher, that's one. Team with most turnovers, one. Team with most special teams touchdowns. Team with most defensive touchdowns. Team with most missed field goals. Team with most attempted onside kicks. Team with most fourth down conversions. Team with first coach fired. Team with worst record in the playoffs each conference. Team to have biggest comeback. What else? What else could we do? Hmm. Hey, let's leave. We'll leave a couple open here. And, yes, and we'll... We'll, we'll say our listeners can suggest a couple. I'd, I'd say we can get to a couple more. And then we can, once we do and we decide on it, then we can throw the allocations down. Next week, maybe let's try to throw the allocations down. Well, don't we? We'll, when does the season actually begin? It's it's not it's after Labor Day. Day. So, the week after that. It's a Thursday. Yeah, so we can do, we can finalize the model or finalize the rules next week on the pod. So people, please tweet at us with ideas for this this week we have two to three spots left for this and then we'll do the actual calcutta draft like right after labor day the week after labor day like going right up into that thursday night game maybe that wednesday before the thursday night game um and and we'll do that and we have to figure out who's going to be in this um 
assumedly there'll be some of the same people. We'll, we'll put it in our WhatsApp group. If anyone, I wonder if any of the people in our WhatsApp group actually listen to our podcast. Probably not. No, that's a fair assumption. There's they got, too many, they got better things to do. too many people in the WhatsApp group. There's more. All right, Rufus. Anything else? We're at an hour now. You need to go to bed. We're nowhere near an hour, are we? But yeah, we're close to an hour. Yeah. We started around 8:30 and it's around 9:40 now. You and I had some um meaningless banter for a while. Um, but that's pretty much what we do on the podcast, anyways, also. So yeah, we'll start. I mean, I guess this technically is like week zero for college football. And so, I mean, I've are there I've games been... this weekend? Um, I believe so. In fact, holy shit, can I bet on something? Yes, you have Nebraska. I mean, there's not a lot of them, and it's it's Nebraska. The Clemson Georgia game this the Clemson Georgia game this weekend. No, no, that's yeah. so. So of the games this week, I already have a bet on that. So like, there are three teams that didn't play last year due like due to COVID. They had no season, and two of them are playing. Um, on Saturday, New Mexico State and UConn. But say you have you have Nebraska, Illinois, Hawaii, UCLA, UTEP, New Mexico State, UConn, Fresno, and then games with you got you got opinions in any of those games, Ruth? Um, let me let me uh, pull up the actually I have it. I thought you might want to talk about this. Um, let's see. I mean, I'm a professional better, but I don't even know what games are going on. So that tells you how successful I am. I thought you were you were you I thought you built Microsoft Excel. I don't build it. You 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 have ideas and other people do the building. <laughs> Dude, Excel is such a gnarly product, like in a good way that it's it's crazy to think about. So there's only four real games here. One, two, yeah. Um can we take UCLA? I kind of I'm really be excited to take UCLA. I make I make them a 20.3 point favorite and they're lined as only a 17 like and a half i'm in i'm so taking you it's you know i don't think that's actually enough for me to bet it i think when i regress that like my admittedly yes, but rufus what if i buy a point i would half a point down to 17 then it's better right yeah if you can get it if, if you can buy it for free i like buying things for free i'll see if i can buy it for free if they'll let you do that, be like, hey, can you just, you know, give it to me, give me a, give me an additional half point. Um, what about the other games? Anything? Illinois, Nebraska. Um, Nebraska, my number is, uh, I'm a, like, I make it minus 11. That's uh looks like a seven, six and a half. But um, I mean, I'll, I'll say this. College football was interesting this year. Uh, I mean, admittedly, I haven't spent that much time um, in prep, but I did. Um, Cause I have a lot going on, but what's interesting is the fact that last season was so different. And one thing I, you, I noticed at the beginning, I was like, why the hell do I have all the, these Mac teams so high? I have like Western Michigan is like a 10 points better than average or something. And I was like, Oh, I looked in my prior for the previous season. Like, first off the Mac, you know, they didn't have any non-conference games except bowl games and the bowl games. They ended up um, like Mac teams, like went, I think won all their bowl games and, and so it basically, if you're sort of connecting, if you're using a sort of regression method and sort of connecting teams without any sort of prior in that regard, you're, you're going to basically be like, oh, well, because of these three instances where Mac teams played other teams from other conferences, we can conclude because all the other games, the Mac teams are just playing themselves. We can conclude the Mac's pretty good. And so I had to, I basically was like, I'm, I, I sort of defaultedly 
strength to like a more of a norm, like where, where it had been. And um, at least in, in, in certain instances. And then you also have the fact that certain teams played um, more games than others. You had some teams in like the PAC 12, they played four game season or something. And so, and, uh, but other teams played like a, a full 12 game season. And so you had a situation where um, the previous season should get more weight for certain teams than others. And so basically I had to say, well, what does this model look like? What does my model look like if it, well, and you have some teams that played no games. So what does the model look like for a team that played no games? Um, how much do I wait the like two years ago um, versus recruiting and all that? So basically the, 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 the sort of, I guess, team talent number matters more for a team that didn't play last year. And then, and then for teams that played half seasons, it's kind of like a weighted average of different models, right? It's like half of it based on the model where they played last, you know, half the model based on using last year's data, that model, the normal one, and then half based on, um, on two years ago, um, because we're basically just waiting last season as half what it would be, but we have to, sorry, I'm being nerdy here, adjust all the other components properly. See, I just let you go. That was my lesson. I let you go. All right. So we got Nebraska minus question. seven. I, did I get to it? Was it a good point? Did I get to something or no? I nodded off for a second. So I don't remember. Um, well, and then, I, you know, the returning starters and returning production that people talk about. I mean, that, I, I think, I think this is an area where it's interesting because this is where you lack the qualitative judgments that like when cheetah was like kind of new a lot and you were leaning on cheetah a little bit. Um, that's all. I think that's, that's, I think, I think this is a situation where you don't have a ton of precedent for it. So it makes, you know, it's, it's, you just have to have a logical framework to handle it. Sure. Like, I mean, you still have the same things like the transfers in the transfers out, you know, new players, but it's, it's just, it's just seemingly harder to have a purely analytical approach to something like this when there's no precedence and the sample size is smaller. You can have a logical framework to try to handle it. And I think that's what you're saying. That's exactly. Like, yeah, that's all. Okay. Can we just finish up? Cause I'm trying to put my bets in before I go to bed tonight and really have something riding this weekend that I can sweat on my phone and um, shirk my family life with. Um, Nebraska minus seven, UCLA minus 17 and a half. Personally, UCLA. I just want to say for the record, these are not bets I'm placing because given I don't, um, this is not at this point in the season enough for, um, for me to bet it. So that's, I mean, that's an interesting point, right. To you, which is that because your numbers, you don't have a lot of confidence in your numbers because everything we just said, you're not willing to take a, you well, know, I mean, you normally would it's bet. About, well, it's about how much I, it's about how much Rufus, I'm addressing my number to the market. Rufus, it, yep. third, fourth week in the season, you have Nebraska at minus 11. They're minus seven, minus 105. You're betting Nebraska. If I can get minus seven, minus 105, like, is that, what's the, what it is. what's the true market number? So, so, uh, so what I do is I need to, re- you're like, you're saying what's the true market number versus, well, I just, because, I just pop so these at Chris and I just move them. I'm regressing. So I'm regressing my number to the market number. I'm weighting my number a certain percent. No, I understand. Market number a certain percent. I know you understand. But I'm not just talking to you. I'm talking to possibly You're talking to me and seven other people. Yeah, not the same seven every week, but seven yeah. other people. And they might be seven different people. So I don't know if they they know about this. But but I do that. But I'm they have to be right. We basically get seven new listeners every week. Otherwise, we'd have more than seven listeners. It's true. 
but I'm regressing to a I'm regressing to the number that I think is sort of the true market number, like a sharp market making books number. And so if let's say in this case with Nebraska, Illinois, after I regress my number, um, and honestly, I'm combining it with um, a, with some other stuff in there. Um, well, an, another system out there that I respect that gets a little bit of weight, a little more weight earlier in the season. Which actually. one is that? Are you not going to tell I'm us? Say that, but but uh, th- its weight decreases in the season. Like it, it it has a little value in terms of on the priors, um, but its weight decreases relative to the Massey Peabody as the season progresses. So basically based on all that, I have the, I make it at 9.8 before I regress to the market. And then after regressing to the market, now it's an 8.3. And then, um, I mean, if I didn't regress to the market, it'd be like 55% cover rate, but now it's 51.49%, which is minus 106. So if the market was, that's if the market's minus seven flat, but you know, if you can, then you can get value based on being able to find a price that's a little bit better than the if, what you think is the true market price. If the true market price is minus seven, minus like even money, no big, right? Minus seven, minus 110, minus 110. If you can get minus 105, you know, suddenly that's something that I would say is slightly positive EV. But I will also say that I tend to be pretty conservative um, in terms of how I, well, aggressive in regressing to the market and sort of conservative in, um, which makes me conservative in, in bet selection, uh, especially early in the season. But Jeff, I will say that week four, um, there's a little bit less regression to the market. Fewer regression. Fewer regressions. It will be. Okay, happy. Rufus, let's go. But I want to ask, I want to actually ask you a question to see how little you know about baseball. Three guesses who has the best record in, the, in Major League Baseball. Aren't the Giants really high? Damn it. Nailed it. So you know a lot about baseball. That's our boy, Farhan. Smartest man in sports, I think, Farhan. And Aubrey Huff got kicked off Twitter, didn't he? Farhan's brilliant, by the way. I mean, that guy is... Anywho. All right. Well, hopefully everyone enjoyed this because it was unscripted and we just talked and I let Rufus go when he was going, when he was on a roll. I, I let Rufus eat. Let, let Rufus cook. So let let the, Rufus no, cook. you let the you let the big dog eat. I let Rufus cook. You let the big. I'm a dog. You have to use dog metaphors. We'll report, Rufus. Are you going to take the over or under 99 tomorrow of my round at Lake Course at Olympic Club? Mm, it depends on if you're putting the three footers or not. I mean, oh, by the way, Jeff. Oh, at Bet Dash, a lot of people are saying, a lot of people are on Team Rufus on in terms of the. Uh, in terms of the gimme stuff, but I have you can do it. when we play our match, you can do whatever you want. I had an idea. Someone proposed to me that we have, we live stream the match. Sure. We can do that. We need to have someone play with us and video it or something. Just hire someone. Can't be that much money. <laughs> hire somebody to follow us around. <laughs> We're going to be at Shadow Creek. We just hire an extra caddy to follow us around. It's fine. Yeah. Okay. Uh, thanks for listening, guys. We'll talk to you again in a week. Would love to hear feedback on ideas for the Calcutta. And 
love feedback on the podcast really do appreciate everyone slipping into my dm so um thanks guys and talk to you next the breakdown the data analytically driven media coverage the sports gambling is pathetic the bottom line is watered down it seems like they don't get it puppeteers are put to end just running off a of leaded 